Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I made the transition. Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. The talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. If it's your first time tuning in, Employee of the Month is all about careers. I interview people who I admire uh, to get a glimpse into their world. Maybe it's cathartic, inspiring, or just fun. Whatever your reasons for tuning in, I, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm really excited to share it with you. And before I do, I want to say how thrilled I am about the um, Oscars. I don't know if you got a chance to tune in, but at the very end, uh, Warren Beatty screwed up and decided not to say that he knew that there was something funny about the envelope, um, that it said Emma Stone, La La Land, and instead brush it off onto Faye Dunaway. She called out La La Land. They did not actually win big picture. Moonlight did. It caused a whole kerfuffle. Um, I'm not happy that that happened because it was so unnecessarily painful for La La Land's uh, writer, director, producers, actors, even though they are doing well and are well compensated um, and the movie is doing grossing very well. And Moonlight, which won, I was so happy it deserved to win. It was a huge deal for such a small movie to win and particularly one so poignant. I encourage you all to see it. That's not why I'm happy. What I'm happy about is that now when I screw up at work, I can ask myself, was it as big a screw up as calling the wrong name or passing the buck onto your colleague and making them take the fall instead of just simply saying, sorry, I don't know, which is all Warren Beatty needs to say. I get that it's live television and there are zillions of people watching, but they do have zillions of people also helping them. And that would have saved a lot of um I don't know, hurt feelings. But the larger, the larger takeaway as a commoner is that I'm just so happy to have that as uh, a failure, a mistake um, that people will get over and no one is is killed or harmed um, to look at and say, did I screw up as badly as that? It is much better um, than having to look at, like, say, Trump and Bannon and say, like, look at that screw up because those screw ups really are harming people. But how hard was it to know that, like, an election could change so quickly and you couldn't just... Hope. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat. <laughs> I'll just say, if you are sane, you would have hoped for our election to have had different results. In any event, it did not. And that is why art and people who do really thoughtful work are so important, which is why I'm so thrilled to bring you my uh, interview with Sarah Jones. It was recorded live at the Public Theater. Sarah Jones is a Tony and Obi award-winning playwright and performer. Her breakout show is Bridge and Tunnel, which Meryl Streep um, the so-called overrated actor who you may have heard of, um, produced, which is extraordinarily rare uh, for Meryl to do. I think it's the only time I've ever heard of her doing it. So rare as in never before and ever since. It was a huge success on Broadway. It was it was a horse worth betting on, a human worth betting on. And I really want to encourage you actually to check out uh, Sarah Jones' Def Jam performance, which happened earlier. She did an adaptation of a Gil Scott Heron a poem. Sarah Jones is a poet in, in addition. Right. I know because she doesn't have enough talent. Just kidding. And she did this fabulous poem and it is so prescient right now. Go, go, go. Listen to it. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Uh, totally worth it. 
And our interview, we spoke about her upcoming show, although it's coming back because I got to see it and it's really fabulous. It's called um, Sell By Date. And I think that's all you need to know before you listen to this delightful interview. Enjoy in five, four, three, two, and one. We're going to keep that going and just dance for the next four years and get through it. Hello. Well, they, they, um, I was so glad that uh, my intern's intern had recommended that song because of that phenomenal poem that you did, that was awesome. Revolution. Oh. And I think people have not seen this. Please go, not right now, but uh, go into YouTube after to watch it. Yeah. Um, can we talk about this? I'm so impressed. So it was. First of all, you met Gil Scott Heron, I believe, through your dad, or, or your dad I did. Knew I him? met my dad. Went to college with Gil Scott Heron, and my father were part of the critical mass of black people at Johns Hopkins wow. in 1972. Amazing. So the first class critical mass was eight. Don't get too excited, but there were like you know eight or twelve or twenty black people admitted to Hopkins at the same time. Um, it was just sort of this civil rights era moment, and so there weren't that many of them, yes. and they found each other. So. And you did this um, amazing, I'm going to say homage, is that the right term for it, or your, or your own spin or adaptation of? A remix? A remix. I, there's you a, can tell I'm really down. Like, you're, I really, you're, you're, I really <laughs> No, only in the way we're all down <laughs> and need lifting. Um <laughs> So Gil Scott Heron's great song. First of all, yay, we're here. This is I fun. I just so want to like have a moment and say, right? Isn't that great? You do this. I'm so grateful you and the many, many interns of interns do this because, I, you know, I mean, I referenced my father being at Hopkins, you know, in a post-civil rights era context, and now things almost look worse than when they were, you know. So, I, but I say that not to depress us, but as a reminder for myself that I hope is useful to other people to hear, that joy and laughter, everything Alan Alda just gave us, this is resistance. Like, this is how we resist, well, is we stay yeah. human. Yeah. Everything he gave us except about the dog. Yeah, yes, the well, dying, the, but, but the dogs else. will resist that. Yeah. Don't worry. They have their own resistance and we are their allies. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, that story, Your Revolution is the poem I wrote and it became a poem song thing. Yes. I don't, it got played on the radio, but Gil Scott Heron's song, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, yes. became so ubiquitous that by my generation, people just thought it was like, you know, it had been born there. Like nobody realized someone had actually written this. So he was a big hero to me and my cohort coming up in, you know, the spoken word. The spoken word <laughs> scene. At New York in... In which we try to be here right now. <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, so right, right? Just a couple of blocks from here, the New Yorican. And then yeah. it went to... Yeah. to um, Yay! And then it went to Deaf... You were on Deaf Jam? I, I was on Deaf Poetry Jam, which I had a lot of fun. So, you know, some of my friends are here because they really love you and they love Alan and Fabulous. they love everybody. Anyway, hi, everybody. If you don't know Sarah, 
Hi. Oh, my God. This you is know Lorraine. My name. my name is Lorraine. I'll introduce myself, oh, sweetheart. Oh, she's me. such a good host. I forgot whose show it was. It's I'm because so sorry. she's such a good host. But now I my know. relatives are here. That's yes. right. We're here to support you. Yeah, I'm sure. But the yeah. reason I'm here is because of the girl who you just met, uh, Sarah Jones. She's a very nice young black performer. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, she calls herself black. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's your show, sweetheart. You sparkle in every way. I'm going away now. But I, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Okay. Hi. Sorry. I couldn't help it. I brought them all. They all want to be interviewed. What I love about your characters is that you embody people instead of, you know, sort of doing these cliches and stereotypes of them, but she is someone who is in your family as well. Yes. Um, and some of the characters you do aren't. They're people who you've met on the street. They're people who you've liked. I, so I just wanted to hear a little bit about how you choose the zillions of characters that you do, and that's the exact number. It is exactly yeah. zillions, the same number as microbes, apparently, <laughs> on my elbow. Yes. But, um, yeah, I actually, my beautiful aunt, Lisa, is here. Um, and she is the daughter. So my family. Hi, Lisa. Ah. She's, she, she's gorgeous. I wanted to be her when I grew up, and I almost succeeded. Um, but I'm also somewhat me. Anyway, my so my family is multicultural, black, white, as Lorraine would say. You know, it's uh, the black, the white. You didn't have Obama back then. <laughs> it wasn't normal, you know. And so they have whole, in their extended family, you know, the black, the white. Christians and Jews. It's a long story filled with intrigue and interfaith guilt, as she knows. <laughs> Don't cover your face, honey. It's too late. But anyway, so yeah, so we all, that really is my Aunt Lisa. And we really did. I grew up with all, with this wonderful cavalcade of relatives. In fact, I don't know if they sent this photo, but there's a photo of my mother and me. You would not believe that we are, you know, biologically related. And I yeah. think that's why I had such empathy. I mean, I love, it was, took my breath away hearing Alan talk about how empathy is the portal to, you know, saving ourselves yes. as a planet, right? And you can sort of see in a current person whose name I will not say, um, hashtag hell no, I'm never saying that name. But, you know, this is a person incapable of true connection with another person. I won't talk about the health, mental health implications there. I don't take it lightly. It's I all, really yeah. mean it. Like, I really yeah. think there's a personality disorder that if we had, you know, you have to take a physical to like, you know, or in like a, a, a psychological evaluation to like, you know, become a, I don't know, a, a anything. <laughs> I, I had to take one to get on this show. Yeah. So yeah. yet you can become president of the United States and have no empathy. And so I, you know, nobody evaluated the people we let in. Yeah. Um, anyway, but all of this to say, I think my empathy springs from growing up with somebody saying, are you adopted? You, you, don't, you don't belong to that person. And I thought, I am. Yes, this person, she may not look like me, but I am her. I am connected. So all of you, welcome to my world in which you are all my relatives, yeah. um, for better and worse. And, yeah. you know, I think that's huge. I think that's what we need. Yeah. One of the things you do share with Alan Alda, in addition to being incredibly talented and tall um, and having no inner thighs, um, I'm not jealous. Lots um, of microbes, lots of microbes. And lots of microbes. So many microbes. Um, <laughs> we both love vodka out of an IV. I don't know. You, <laughs> no, no. That's actually patently untrue. I, is that? Yeah, I don't. I, I love the alcohol. It doesn't love me. You okay. can ask me about that another time. 
I was not going to ask about that. What I was going to ask about is where you got um, such, I'm so glad you got it. And I wanted to know where you got such great confidence that you had the confidence mm -hmm. to sue Clear, Clear Channel. You've had the oh, confidence right. to, I to that. Par carve out a career for yourself that there wasn't a model of. Um, and one of the things I wanted to ask, I do want to hear about Clear Channel, and I do also want to hear about college, because oh some God, of the most college. intelligent people I know um, didn't go to college either because they couldn't afford it um, or knew what they wanted to do already and didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to ask about your path and, and what happened there. Yeah, well, so the college story predates the Clear Channel yeah. story. I went to Bryn Mawr partially because my I was like, I'm not going to Hopkins. I told you my parents met at Hopkins. And, and my, they're doctors. And they're doctors. And my dad was like, ergo, you will go to Hopkins and be a doctor. You do understand that this is how this goes. And I was like, I don't want to be the heir to that throne. I don't know what that is, but I don't want to do that. Microbes. And it's a lot microbes, of microbes. So many microbes. I actually knew, my father taught me the word microorganisms when I was four. And wow. I went into my school and was like, um, I'm not going to be like interacting with these other children because I know they're crawling with microorganisms. My daddy said so. Um, and you can imagine I was very popular. But um, anyway, I, I remember saying I'd rather go to women's college, which was like a big threat because I was boy crazy. And ultimately, my dad was like, well, you can, I'm paying for Hopkins or Bryn Mawr. <laughs> I was like, this is really happening. <laughs> anyway, I'm exaggerating slightly, but he called my bluff, and I didn't go to Hopkins, and I did go to Bryn Mawr, but it was a wonderful experience. And then I left after two years for various and sundry reasons, but one of them is Catherine Hepburn was one of our fa was a famous alumna, and I've heard I, of her. You've heard of her. She also, the clenched back molar and that way of speaking, that uh, one wonders, was that cadence ever a way anyone spoke? I can tell you that, in fact, it's factual. Uh, people did indeed speak in this manner. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's not Catherine Hepburn. That's just the operator, because we had an actual real operator oh, at wow. Bryn Mawr, And you'd call the switchboard, and she'd say, Bryn Mawr College, how may I direct your call? Amazing. She really was. And it wasn't just me, you know, doing that. But anyway, I left. Can I just ask, sorry, I'm going to interrupt this question. Do it. Like, so uh, if you're like on a Tinder date or something and you're not having fun, do you just like morph I just, into a character? So actually what happens if I'm on a Tinder date? <laughs> First off, if I am on a Tinder date, we've gone wrong to start with, right? <laughs> I'm really trying to keep it a bit more discreet, honestly. But if I need to escape, um, this is the, the way that I sort of use a superpower, if there's okay. such a thing, yeah. to sort of muddy the waters enough for me to... It's like being able to go invisible, but it's slightly different. Yeah. Um, but I can sort of... People will say, did you see an English girl leave here? No, I didn't. Because yeah. I left going, bye, I'm leaving. Tell that guy I said I can't come back. And then, nice. you know, nice mayhem ensues, but yes. And so when you were leaving Bryn Mawr, which character did you... So use? when I was leaving Bryn Mawr, <laughs> yes, when, when people started calling and getting me, and I would say, Sarah Jones is no longer available. Um, I left... <laughs> Catherine Hepburn had left early. This, okay. that, was that, that was the biggest meandering. We ended up in a cul-de-sac, really but we yeah. got back here. I just yeah. want to say, felt like four years, didn't it? But we're back. Yeah. Yeah. It goes by faster than you think. Yeah. Okay. okay so anyway, <laughs> we, we made it back. We're here. And um, I made it to the, you know, spoken wordy hip hop scene in New York because 
that's where, you know, there was this moment that was like a hybrid beatnik hip hop. There was just so much going on at the New Eureka. And I was like, well, I can finish college or I can just like go jump up on a stage. I had no training. I, when you talk about the career thing, I was just ignorant, really. It was that blissful, or young. Ign- young, like, I, yeah, ignorance, not a great word. Um, aw. I was, my aunt's going to keep being like, you were just talented. <laughs> I love Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. I think you need to bring your aunt on your Tinder dates. That's that. They would. Well, that's a whole other. So here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say about Tinder dates, Bryn Mawr, and Clear Channel. I'm going to wrap those all together. Like a swaddled adult. That was terrifying. <laughs> they look like bats. Don't they look like gauze-covered yeah. bats yeah. in and their sleeping? And they cover their faces, which is, when you swaddle babies, you don't that seems, suffocate them. That seems oppressive to a yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't want to judge those people. I don't know them. But I will say Bryn Mawr, Clear Channel, uh, and career stuff, you know, all of it came from just meandering. I had this, like, meandering, haphazard, all of those other words yeah, that mean I didn't riddling. know what I was doing. Yeah. It was really, there was a lot going on. I don't think there was a diagnosis for ADHD when I needed it. Um, but, you know, it landed me here. And along the way, I would meet people yeah. who inspired me to, you know, sort of... Often when I was most frightened, these folks, you know, if I'm really freaked out in an interview and I want to get out of there, I might just all of a sudden be like, you know what, this job really isn't the job for me. I've decided that I'm a completely different person right now and I really got to go. And... I, you know, I actually, I mean, I would, I would just like, I mean, it's probably not completely sane. Like I probably just needed better healthcare. Um, but I really felt there were times when I would like, you know, I'd get on the phone and just be somebody else just to see what would happen. And sometimes I would get better services that way, use my Spanish, get a cheaper discount on my cab ride. You know, it really works. Like it's for me, it's fantastic, actually. I imagine being a, being a chameleon is has these perks of really getting to know other worlds and being present in the other worlds. Do you ever feel like you're lost or lonely? I wouldn't say lost or lonely. Um, what I would say is confused. Por ejemplo, in este momento, like right now, I literally I wanted to turn around to the audience and just be like, "Are there any other Latinos here? Like, are there any Dominicans? ¿Dónde están? Hola." Okay, pues, you know, so this is the kind of thing is that like literally right now, if you didn't stop me and if thank God you weren't riveting yourself as a person and like this environment is, you know, it's very easy to stay present here, but I could just disappear right now and go like tell you stuff about the Dominican Republic and you know, like what do I think is happening right now with the immigrant raids? I'm not going to do all of that, Um, but I could, you know what I mean? Like I can just, it's a place to go, like this, not just disappear, but like really inhabit another person's experience. Sorry about that. I know it was a little fast. Anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll go to another political part. Um, when you were doing Bridge and Tunnel, well, actually before that you did, you know, wake, Waking the American Dream and oh, then right. Bridge and Tunnel, which was on Broadway. I wanted to ask um, about how you connected with, you know, I guess the so-called overrated actor, um, Meryl someone. Um, I wanted to figure out how, you know, it was the first time I'd ever seen Meryl Streep produce anything of someone else's work. And I wanted to find out how that um, connection came to be. Yeah, you're freaking me out a little bit because I, I think I have, I, so dissociation is something that you could, you know, I've talked to, I have some other mentors who I love. Lily Tomlin is one yes. and a few other people who I love. And I've talked, we've talked about like, was this something we did to, to create space between, you know, reality? If reality was like a little dodgy, this is a place you can go. It's, you don't exactly have to run away. You can just sort of, 
you know, take your leave, be excused from the table without actually leaving by inhabiting another person. And I do think there's something to, um, well, so Meryl, that was so hard to process. She's Meryl, I think, I think, Right, I think in the dictionary it actually says, or in Wikipedia it says Meryl fucking Streep is like her middle name is fucking. Because, and I just remember meeting her and thinking, this cannot possibly be happening to me. I, I mean, I'm not trained. Every kid I knew who went to Tish was like, really? Fucking really? All I had to do was like go to the New Yorican and like be discovered by Meryl somehow and avoid all this student loan debt. Or be talented. Um, right. Or be talented, right, that, right. But the point is, it's still hard to hold. Like, it's still, when you say, like, she hadn't produced anybody else's anything, and it's just kind of like, oh, my God, that's me, that's me. So I think I still have a kind of um, wonderful, uh, confused uh, sense of how, wonder how random, um, and yet how exactly meant to be that, experience was and so you know the feeling of like being found like a baby in a bassinet and delivered to uh an audience was i had been working for a long time but she had the you know she was willing to amplify my voice with hers which felt incredible as you can imagine and on that same note with you know you mentioned lily tomlin and um, i was gonna say robin williams as well and like Yeah. yeah these are these can be a pathos if it if it's like not channeled in the right direction but you figured out a way to make it into art and I just was curious, like, who are the people, you mentioned Lily Tomlin, who yeah. were the people that you sort of looked up to? Because I often think of you and Anna DeVere Smith is similar because you do very thoughtful work. Mm. Um, but who are the people who you actually align yourself with? With whom am I aligned? I didn't, it's funny, I hadn't seen Anna's work when I started doing what I do. But I had seen Whoopi Goldberg. And I had seen Tracy Ullman. And John Leguizamo. Yeah. Um, I always thought that um, Richard Pryor is sort of unsung for his, I found all these old recordings yeah. um, of him and Lily Tomlin. And, you know, he would do these characters. He would come out on stage. You know, I have a, I have somebody. My name is Lady. Hi, y'all. And uh, uh, the reason I'm here is because, you know, um, well, first of all, some people, you know, they would say, what a homeless lady doing up there with Katie Lazarus. But the truth is, uh, all of us, you know, I, I, I don't have no fear because I know uh, Sarah Jones, she terrified, but I don't have no fear. So I make her get on out the way. And that's what Lily and uh, John Legos, I met all of them. Can't say their name, but I, I met John Legos, you know. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love him too. All of them, the same thing they got in common. If they scared, don't matter, because they just send the other one out there. You go on out there and be you. And, and you stay, you know, they could stay in their dressing room and be scared, send us out here on the stage, and they get the credit, and we do all the work. My friend's mom was a therapist, and she had a patient with multiple personalities, and she got, like, her holiday card. It said, love from all of us. Love from all of us. Um, I, I want to <laughs> encourage people to um, go see Sell By Date. It's coming oh, back. Yeah. It is magnificent. That's my new show. Please come. We'd love to have it's you there. Absolutely, absolutely spectacular, and it talks about um, everything from sex and prostitution and exploring sexuality, sexuality, gender, and identity in our era now. And now future. pussy grabbing. And pussy because grabbing. Because why not? Yeah. 
Right. Um, I also wanted to give you a couple gifts. Um, Angela Davis, do you have this book? I do have that book. All right, we should re-gift it. <laughs> but We're let's re-gift it. it to some Freedom lucky person. I just struggle. saw her. Yeah. Um, which I think is a fabulous book. It do you is want beautiful. to re-gift it or do you want me to re-gift it? I want, so believe it or not, I have so many like lefty whatever friends that I want you to re-gift it okay, to somebody good. who, yes. And then the other one that I got you was um, Hunger Makes a Modern, Makes I me love a Modern Carrie Girl. Brownstein, do and I don't have this okay, book, so few. I'm going to, I love few. it. I'm so excited. No, but that's a good sign that you um, picked books that are already on my, you know what I mean? On your list. Yeah. Part of the reason I picked Carrie Brownstein is because she's had so many different careers within a career. Mm-hmm. And I um, hope and see that for you as well. I don't know what's in your stars in the future, except that I love your podcast that you said is coming out. Yay! Um, and Sell By Date was magnificent. And I hope you continue to create and be as insane as you are. Thank I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to more. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you so much to Rob Schulte for editing this together. Thanks to all of you for listening. And I hope you can tune in um, next week because we are coming to you live each week. And you can go to employeeofthemonthshow.com's website to find out about our live tapings at the Public Theater, at Joe's Pop at the Public Theater. I'm very excited. We have Zadie Smith, Judy Gold, Lady Rizzo, Big Thief an astrophysicist, and so much more coming up. So hope to see you at one of the live tapings. And either way, hope you are well and go see Moonlight.